Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC, CFP and Certified Financial Planner. The Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Your Money. Hello there. Welcome to episode 20 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we're exploring how women create a meaningful and abundant life on her terms. I'm a certified financial planner, a wealth advisor, author, and speaker with over 30 years experience. And professional women and their partners hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence to overcome their financial challenges as they pursue their version of a wealthy life. And we all know a wealthy life is not just about the size of our nest egg. True wealth is found when we're pursuing our passions, exploring who we are, expressing our inner talents, and living our personal dreams. The mission of my show is to engage in casual yet deep conversations with experts who are exploring what does it mean to live a wealthy life, and then they share how they're doing just that. And then I reveal some tips and ideas to help you have the money you need to pursue your version of a wealthy life. Now, this episode is part of our financial series, and my guest, Aaron Papworth, founder of the financial app Nav.it, will be describing how technology can promote a whole new narrative around money, especially for women. And talking to women every day about their financial goals is one of the real delights of my life because every woman is different. Every woman is excited about her future, yet they have concerns about what steps she should be taking given her age and circumstances. Now, Erin and I, we share a passion for empowering women and we wanna give them the right tools to help them build their confidence, their skill with financial decisions, and so that they'll give themselves permission to pursue their version of a wealthy life and what I also call financial independence. Now, one question that a lot of women ask me is, where should I be at this stage in life? And I always say the best answer can be found by understanding which stage of life you are in. Now, age doesn't really, it isn't that, um, it doesn't apply as much as it used to because millennials are marrying and having children later than previous generations in general. And many of the old paradigms about how a life should be lived have either been tossed out or they've been totally transformed. Now, the earlier one begins saving and investing obviously can make a huge difference in the size of a woman's nest egg. Yet it's never too late to get serious about setting goals and making financial decisions in order to ultimately experience those goals in real life. 
Something I often talk about in my workshops and speaking engagements is that reinvention is getting the dream out of your head and experiencing it in your real life. And reinventing your money requires that you give yourself permission to want something and then figure out how to take the necessary steps, no matter how hard or uncomfortable it might be to be able to live what you really want. Now, an example in my own life that I write about in my book is that I was telling my workout group this morning that it had been a big goal for me to speak at a big wellness festival in Sun Valley, Idaho. I'd been going to it for many years and I could just see myself up on the stage. And that was before I had written a book. And at that time, it would have been the biggest speaking engagement I'd ever had up to that point. Well, when I called them and asked if there was any speaking uh, spots available, they said, no, uh, all the spots were filled. Well, I said, hey, add me to the waiting list just in case. And sure enough, not soon after that, they called me and said, hey, there is a spot that came open. Would you like to take it? Well, of course, I was so excited and terrified at the same time. But taking that opportunity based on the goal that I had set myself, well, it led me to write a book. I did that book in five months. It also gave me the impetus to upgrade my speaking and teaching skills so that they asked me back the next year too. So that's what getting the dream out of your head and into your life looks like. Now today, before I introduce my guests, I want to touch on five phases of our life journey as they're described on the CFP website, letsmakeaplan.org. And there's so many great resources there, uh, really great blog articles there if you wanna check it out. So having a context around where we are right now on life's journey can be useful so that as we make these financial choices and measure our progress, we'll know how, we're, how things are going toward our goals. So here's the five phases of life. They're really easy and simple. Starting out, settling down, entering midlife, nearing retirement, and enjoying retirement. Now, as I mentioned, each woman is unique and has a set of current financial conditions, personal priorities, and goals that, could, that contribute to what might be her best path forward. But there's a few common targets that we can all aim for in order to create first a solid financial foundation and then grow it from there. So I'm just gonna go through these targets in each phase really quickly. So phase one starting out is when we're investing in ourselves. Maybe we're borrowing for our education. We also learn how to earn an income on our own. We start spending money on a lifestyle. We've been, we might be able to save for emergencies and we might get that chance to begin contributing to a company retirement plan. We learn how to live within our means and we start to get our mind around the whole idea of what is investing and can I really grow my money? Now phase two, settling down, is when you begin to establish some stability and net worth. We start setting life goals in that phase, experiences we want to have in our lives that are further down the road. Maybe we start a debt reduction plan to pay down our student debt and any credit card debt that we might have had to do while we were in school. We can transition from just a budget of living paycheck to paycheck to a spending plan 
using our money to pursue those life goals that we dream about. We make paying ourselves a priority and we get more used to saving on a regular basis. This is a time when we learn to maximize the company benefits we have. And we start to see investment as maybe a long-term plan. We can learn more how to be successful in managing our money by reading and going to classes and increasing our financial literacy. Now in phase three, entering midlife, this is where we really can build wealth. We increase our net worth, which is having more assets than liabilities. We also revise our life goals because we've lived a little bit and we now know more about who we are and what we really want to experience. We can begin to create a vision for retirement, that time when we don't have to work full time. We might change our beneficiaries from our mom to our spouse. This is when we start maximizing contributions to our 401ks and our retirement plans. And we focus on our investments with asset allocation and maybe diversify into other outside investment opportunities. In phase four, we're nearing retirement. We narrow our focus. We project how much we're gonna need to live on in retirement. We might have to reduce our expenses. We might consider long-term care insurance. And we definitely want to make sure our will is updated, powers of attorney, trust. And with our children, we want to start helping them understand what our plans are for the future. And in phase five, enjoying retirement, this is when we have the culmination of managing our health and our wealth. We revisit our expenses, make sure our income sources are solid, manage our tax burden, make sure our estate plan documents are in really great shape, and help our children understand our end of life plan. And don't forget what Marianne Oser said in our show, episode 17. Make sure we have a happiness portfolio so we can enjoy our relationships, experience adventure, meaning, and really have that wealthy life. So as my guest and I are about to explore, personal health and financial wealth are inescapably tied together. To find out where you are in your progress toward a wealthy life, I invite you to measure your level of financial fitness by taking our free financial fitness quiz on my website, reinventinghermoney.com forward slash financial dash fitness dash quiz. Now this quiz is just 12 multiple choice questions and you'll be able to assess yourself in the area of savings, your level of debt, your investment preferences, financial literacy, and you'll receive a financial fitness assessment as, as well as an action plan delivered right to your email. So again, the quiz is located at reinventinghermoney.com forward slash financial dash fitness dot quiz. All right, Erin Papworth. She has a behavioral science background and spent 12 years running multi-million dollar development programs in sub-Saharan Africa for marginalized populations. She's the founder of Navit, NAV.IT, a financial technology company on a mission to change the narrative around money through values-based banking, making money more inclusive, positive, and practical. Erin brings her behavioral science background to the financial technology and services industry to redefine financial health for the millennial generation. I'm so excited and happy to have you here, Erin. Welcome. 
Thank you, Teresa. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> okay, so let's start out with a quick definition as you uh, define it. What is financial wellness? You know, I thank you for this question because it's always, it's where I love to start. So I feel like, you know, there's been this huge push in the last 10 years or so to talk about health and wellness in a really amazing way in our society, right? You're thinking about your health, your physical health, you're thinking about your mental health, wellness, cognitive health, you're thinking about mindfulness, all these words are coming into our lexicon and in our, in our kind of vernacular and, and like, and, and accepted that we should, that we, it's an important conversation to have. And our perspective is that the, the missing link in that, so you have your physical health, you have your mental health is ultimately your financial health. And they all kind of go together because just as much as you need, um, you know, cognitive health to be able to feel good, to be able to work out, you also need to be able to reduce stress in your life, especially financial stress to be able to maybe fund, you know, the Peloton that you want to buy or to be able to you have the peace of mind to be able to really focus on your inner, your inner life and the, your spirituality. So financial wellness to me is when you're in a place where you are out of fear, you've rejected fear, you can accept your financial situation and you're, un, you're able to navigate it with confidence and with knowledge. Well, I love that because, you know, you and I have talked that we're in different generations. And so my generation was raised with uh, a different perspective. And, you know, I would say that uh, we didn't always know how to do things in the right order with money in order to create that financial wellness. And I love the fact that wellness, when you think about it in health, you can think about it in the same way with your money. I can make healthy decisions with my money. So how did that become a passion for you? Because I mean, I just read that you had a whole different career prior to, to now. So help us link that up. Absolutely. Yes. I spent 12 years in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, running. I mean, <laughs> and people, that is the uh, fascinating kind of journey, but like everyone, you know, I'm on this, on this path. Um, I spent, so, so really that experience is what brought me to my passion about financial wellness in the United States for millennials and really for a younger generation. And I can explain it by this. I spent 12 years in systems and especially in like really broken financial systems. And mm -hmm. some were in war zones where you have no government, you know, there's there's total anarchy. So all your systems are just depleted. I was in other countries where they had a pretty robust government system, but their judiciary system, the legal system was not really robust or there was a lot of corruption. So ultimately, if you don't have a good, strong legal system, your financial system can't function because you can't you know, have debt and assets and, and kind of banks don't trust lending, which is really a key component to building wealth over time. Um, so I saw all these different government systems and environments where because the financial system was not robust, the population as a, on a whole did not have the ability to really generate intergenerational wealth and be able to grow in one generation from one socioeconomic class to the other. And I came back here and I said, so we worked on that, you know, it was a lot of, you know, we were doing a lot of different 
Um, we were working on access to health, which was a key component to get people healthy to be able to then function in the labor market or access to education, you know, and that would educate the next generation to be able to make more money and things like that. But when I came back here, um, so it, in 2015, I looked around and I started to navigate I was basically gone all of my 20s and I came back in my early 30s. I started to navigate this this financial system and I was so impressed by how robust it is, how the ease in which I opened my own company, you know, I started a, a consulting company by with a hundred dollars to the state of Oregon, you know, registered, I could become my own business owner. I could go. And because I had good credit, I could go to a bank and think about getting a loan for a house. You know, I, I had this system to navigate and I was really lucky that I had the opportunity to navigate in the way I did, but the opportunity that that gave me that is just not exist, doesn't exist in a lot of parts of the world, really made me passionate in identifying the fact that my generation, just much like yours, my generation has, has just a lack of understanding in how to navigate this system and how to take advantage of the system for our own benefit, to use it to be able to grow our wealth. And especially, you know, I think your generation was just getting into the student loan world, but our generation has a, a huge burden and has really odd financial barriers that are unique to us. So not only do we have more access, not only do women finally have the ability, and we'll get to this, I'm sure, later in the show, but women have the ability to navigate the system like never before. But we have student loan debt. We have credit card debt. That's crazy. We have a global recession We in 2008, that financial crisis, and now we're dealing with this incredible moment in our time. So we have a lot of nuances. So it's really, to me, I became very passionate that it's time for us to start talking about it, about finances, to normalize the conversation and to make it accessible for everyone, because it's a system that we all have the power to navigate. What a wonderful answer. And it just, you know, as I'm nodding my head, I'm realizing, you know, how wonderful it is to have someone like you who recognizes that we do have a really powerful financial si uh, system in our country uh, to support our own financial system at home and that we have to take responsibility for creating that financial system and the sooner the better. So we do have to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, Erin and I are going to keep talking about um, specifically how using technology can actually help you leap forward in giving you that uh, opportunity to create your own financial system. So hang in there, come right back to A Wealthy Life for Her. Has the global pandemic put your personal finances in distress? You're not alone. At Navit, we can help you transition from a doomsday mindset to an abundance mindset. The Navit Money app is the first banking app to put your health first. The app tracks how your money mood impacts your financial behaviors to help you improve habits and measure financial health outcomes. Download the free Navit Money app from your app store. That's nav.it. And join thousands of navigators exploring a unique and self-fulfilling financial journey. Navigating a path to increase your income is a critical part of women's pursuit of her own financial independence. Having a personalized financial plan gives a woman confidence that she knows where she is going and how to get there. We've all heard the saying, life is what happens when you are planning something else. 
Navigating life's changes is all a part of pursuing a wealthy life. Visit reinventinghermoney.com and click on Schedule to set up a time to chat. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Dr. Sanjay Gupta brings you health tips for a better life Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and 5 p.m. right here on KKNW. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, Aaron Papworth, founder of the technology company Navit. And so, um, Aaron, what we were talking before the break about creating your own financial system and, you know, how you you have chosen to go about making your mark in this area is through a technology app. Now, I understand, you know, millennials are a lot more comfortable using technology, although I keep doing trying every day to keep up. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just have to ask, you know, why did you choose a technology app and what you know what was that thinking process sure absolutely you know so there are two things that technology bring in fact three that i think are really exciting to financial services and the financial industry in general banking number one uh you know we talk about this but it truly does democratize access so mm. prior to my generation maybe a little bit like maybe like your parents generation you know access to really wealth building options like banking, you know, investing things that was really segregated to people that could access a bank and people lookalikes like most, most often white men. Right. And there's, right. you know, I, I'm not saying this in any way, shape or form to say that it's all white men's fault, but there was just, our system was cl a closed system yes. where it was a relationship based and you had to know people to be able to make investments and to be able to bank while your banker would take care of you. And there was just this very um, intimate relationship. And that meant that access for women and people of color and people outside of that kind of norm didn't have the ability to truly generate wealth in the same way. And that also meant, you know, in other, in especially places like people of colors environments, they didn't trust the system. So they kept, you know, money under their beds. And I still hear that from our Latinx population of parents that, you know, first, second generation, that are still scared of the banking system and keeping right. money in, under their bed. Right. So, so all that we know doesn't help you grow wealth. So it you keep the money, but of course there's depreciation and you're not really growing your wealth and you need the financial system to be, to access it, to be able to do that. So technology is this incredible, you know, mm -hmm. kind of normalizer where anyone could get on their phone right now, download our app and start banking with us or download, a, which comes with a lot of problems. So we will get into this, but could, could technically download a Robinhood or some sort of robo advisor and start trading their money and start investing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter your name, your color, your, you know, whatever it is, you can access it. So that's a huge opportunity. I think that comes with a lot of risk. And I, and I should have said this before the break, you know, our, while our, our system is so robust and amazing and has these opportunities. It also comes with a lot of pitfalls. Mm -hmm. So just as much as access to credit gives you this amazing opportunity to 
buy a house and grow an asset or start a business and grow your wealth. On the flip side, debt is an incredibly dangerous and burdensome thing, right? So there's this, there's a really fine balance with our system. That's why I'm really passionate in getting people to understand it. But going back to technology, which is yeah. the education piece, you know, exactly. It is learnable how to responsibly uh, utilize opportunities on both sides of the ledger. You know, I mentioned earlier, we, we, we have assets, which are the things that are, you know, that we own that have a value. And then we have liabilities and those are the things that we owe money. So there are both opportunities and risks on both sides. Completely. And that's why it's so powerful to understand the system so that you can navigate it and you can take it, you can decide your, you know, how you're going to what, what risk level you have and what tolerance you have in your life choices and how you can navigate it for your benefit. So going back to technology, what it does is technology not only gives access, but it also, the second point is that it helps you navigate it. It can, it, technology is such a powerful thing in the ability to, to analyze data and to reflect back to you, mm. your situation, right? Like at the time, like at the moment, most people have, a couple credit cards, you know, they're getting points. They have a lot of, you have a couple, maybe one bank, but a savings account, checking account. Then they have maybe one or two 401ks, especially my generation that changes jobs a lot. You know, they have multiple 401ks that aren't consolidated. They, I'm, I'm, you're laughing because I'm sure that's what people come to you. And like, how do I roll over my 401k, right? <laughs> right. So you have just this, it's, it's, you have access, you have all these things, but they're all disparate parts. They're not in one place. And so technology, what we tried to do is consolidate it where you can see it in one place. And then that data, it can analyze the data. It can show it back to you. It can give you benchmarks of, and as you were saying, those kind of life, life stages, you know, where, where you are, what are other people, how are people navigating money in your age group like you, you know, it just is this powerful tool for data that you can make wiser choices for yourself in your life. And Yes. That is what I think is the most powerful thing is that we are people, human beings, they want to be part of a group and they like to see themselves reflected in the group. So the feedback of how a person fits in with other like minded, that's so powerful. It's totally. And, you know, we really think of it at, we try and really make it non-competitive though. I know people love competition, sure. but it, one of our things is like, just understand it, like understand where other people are. It, there's no judgment if you're below average or above average or whatever it is, but benchmark yourself or understand, you know, what other choices people are making because you, you could learn from them. There's no harm in learning from someone else. Right. And understanding, right. you know, maybe they're making not wise choices and you can feel better about your own choices. You know, it's like, it's, it's being able to learn from others. I think peer education is a powerful tool. Um, and then the third point, and I think we've talked about this before. That's really exciting is the scale. It's just technology. You can scale, you know, I can, I, I, there are people, I use this analogy. Sometimes I don't know if it works. So you'll have to tell me if it works, but previously I was a public health practitioner. So public health it's relevant now in the coronavirus in this pandemic, right? Public health officials make global policies. They think about the whole macro, you know, system. They talk about, okay, here are the policies and the procedures and the money that we should allocate to manage the health system. And that's like, you know, this macro level. Whereas doctors are one-on-one -on -one practitioners and they do this really important task of 
intimately, which is what you do, right? CFPs, like intimately understanding this person's situation, being able to make a plan that's tailored to them and help them along the way. And both are incredibly important in this system and they're very powerful. But technology to me is the public health. Technology gives you the structure in which people get to navigate and they can give you kind of the, you know, the boundaries in which you can function and they can get, reflect back the data and it can really scale. It can get to, you know, 2003, you know, 3 million, 4 million people. And that's powerful, but you can't create intimate plans for 3 million people at scale. Right. You can create structure and you can give them, you know, the kind of framework and the roadmap. But you can't create that. So, so it's like this balance. So technology, that's where I play. I like that, you know, scalable three, like let's get to three million people. Let's see the idea that finances are just a tool for you to be able to navigate your, you know, your own life. Let's give you kind of the basics, how the system works. Let's tell you about the fundamentals of health. And then let's pass you off to a doctor, to a CFP, <laughs> to be able to then like really strategically make investment choices on how to grow your wealth. What I love about this is that you are a young entrepreneur with a big dream and you're reinventing yourself and you're everything that um, I believe is possible for for women. So let's talk about, you know, what is the, I mean, I don't even know if this is for anyone, you know, male or female, but what kind of contribution are you making to the whole narrative around women? Yes, and you know, it's so- Thank you. Yeah, money. Yes. So we're trying to change the narrative around money in general to just integrate this concept of financial health. But I'm very passionate about speaking to women about it, not only because I'm a woman and that's the lens that I bring to the world. And it's my and I understand the nuances of women and money, which are very different compared to the traditional narrative that's been in the financial services world forever. You know, historically, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I'm going to harp on it. You know, women didn't have access to credit on their own, just purely with a good credit score and an income until 1974. And that is just incredible to me. I was only born, you know, I wasn't born that long after that. And that's my mom's and my stepmom's generation, right? That that had to fight to have to have that ability to get a car loan, to be able to drive to work or to get a loan for a house, to be able to house your family. And, you know, that's just, it's so recent that the financial system hasn't kind of caught up to all these different nuances that, that affect women. You know, you, you have, we are less paid than men. So over time, what does that mean in terms of investing and retirement savings in the long run? We have a higher cost of living, not because we like to primp and, you know, we love makeup because literally things that are targeted to us that are marketed to us are 1.5 times higher cost than literally like the pink razor versus the blue razor. You know, there's a, there's, that's a real and statistically proven thing. So, right. and on top of that, we have healthcare costs that are just more expensive. You know, we have, ba- not only do we have babies, but we go through menopause and we have end of life care. That's, that's more expensive than men, you know, it's just, so the relationship that we have to money is changing because we finally have access to the labor market you know, that also only happened in the 1970s. The, the Pregnancy Act of 78 allowed women to access birth control so that they could actually have a, only a few babies and then be able to participate more meaningfully in the labor market, thus 
getting their own income for the first time, you know, and then, and, um, higher echelon, like upper echelons of education. Women couldn't graduate from Harvard until like 75. I think Yale was 73, you know, those Ivy league schools wouldn't let women. And so finally, like in the seventies, again, we could start acting like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a great example, right? We could become judges on the Supreme Court and all these things, but that's new. And so our trajectory, these kind of nuances of career pauses, having babies, having higher cost of living, you know, accessing credit and all those things, that's just a nuanced and different. So I am passionate about changing the narrative and talking about health, but I think it's important. The subset of that is that women have have to normalize the conversation, start talking about money amongst themselves, because it really is different for us when we navigate the system. Yes. And that's why I turned my business towards empowering women in any way I could to uh, take a stand for their own financial independence. Not that they you can't have joint financial independence with your spouse or partner, but to really own that, I make my own money, I make my own decisions, I'm going to be financially stable on my own. That is such an amazing, uh, it enhances your life. It gives you much more opportunity to have more of what you want. Totally. And I think what's so powerful of that, if you think about partnership, because, you know, the women we serve also are in partnership and want, you know, to participate with a husband is that you are a more powerful couple. When you have both people coming to the table, financially literate, interested in growing wealth and building the business of your family together, you know, growing wealth and thriving and being healthy together. When you have two people participating, it is an incredibly powerful dynamic because then you have the ability to truly navigate and like achieve those goals as a couple together. And I, and so I'm very passionate equally about just getting men and women. I think, you know, it's not exclusive to women, the fear around money and the kind of lack of literacy. You know, I think, I think in my generation, they say, it's not, there was a study that showed about 23% of women could answer three basic financial questions, right? But only 36% of men could. So it was more, but it wasn't that much more, right? So if you have this ability to um, join as a couple, male or female, 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 whatever it is, you just have the ability to grow, to navigate your financial life in a really powerful way. And so I, yeah, I'm passionate about women becoming comfortable at this conversation. It's just been out of our, we don't have a vernacular for it. So you just mentioned that there were uh, statistics that they, that women could only answer three questions. What are some of the other uh, sort of areas that you've discovered in your app that women could really use more empowerment, more education about? You know, so what we've done in our app, and we were just actually in a um, interesting, it was a European report on kind of what, what financial services are becoming, are designed to be more equitable or accessible. And And they highlighted us because the things we do are not only the money management. We do, you know, you aggregate your accounts, you can see your monthly budget, you can see your income coming in. We talk about what is, what are the key basic financial, you know, pillars to health, like spend less than you earn if you can, have an emergency fund and don't, and pay off high interest debt. You know, those three basics, that's, that's gender neutral. But what we add is a community side of it. We have community education, we have like a, a kind of um, Instagram story type thing that goes through, you know, different financial knowledge points. And did you know this? And did you know that, you know, and, and um, some quizzes that test your knowledge that both 
all genders are enjoying. And then community groups where you can talk about your questions. You can kind of pose your questions and get answers. And that's, we've had a lot of, we really have a distinct group that loves those community, that community side of it. And, and also it's, it's really um, powerful for not only women, but for people that are almost novices with finances that are just starting to kind of, you know, touch their toe into the water, start to understand finances is a place where they can learn and feel safe right. to do it. And then you kind of, st- you know, it's baby steps. No one knows finances from the beginning. Like you have to learn step-by-step, step, you know, how the system works. First, you learn about savings account. Then you learn a little bit about APR. Oh, am I getting interest on that savings account? What is that? Are there fees? And then you go on to checking accounts. You know, you have to go build in baby steps to get to the end goal of confidence. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what you're saying is that your app can get a woman who's ready to like take it on to go step by step based on what she wants to learn about, what she doesn't know and feel safe doing it. So I'm going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how your app is specifically, you know, helping people uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic because uh, the lots are happening, layoffs and furloughs and uncertainty. So stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Has the global pandemic put your personal finances in distress? You're not alone. At Navit, we can help you transition from a doomsday mindset to an abundance mindset. The Navit Money app is the first banking app to put your health first. The app tracks how your money mood impacts your financial behaviors to help you improve habits and measure financial health outcomes. Download the free Navit Money app from your app store. That's nav.it. And join thousands of navigators exploring a unique and self-fulfilling financial journey. In today's uncertain circumstances, talented women are challenged with common financial problems. You may be wondering, should I continue to contribute to my 401k plan? Should I sell my home? Should I stop paying down debt? There are no shortage of financial experts competing for your attention in the media. But what you read in an article may not be the best advice for your unique circumstances. Don't make costly mistakes by reaching for a quick answer to your questions. Visit reinventinghermoney.com where listening and answering your financial questions is what we do. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRASIPC. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with my guest, Erin Papworth. And we are still talking about how she and I are so passionate about uh, empowering women to uh, achieve their own or pursue rather their own financial wellness, however that might look for her. And uh, before the break, I was wanting to ask you, Erin, uh, how is your app helping those people that are a little bit you know, affected by COVID-19 right now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a passion of ours. So right, right when we launched our, you know, we're new, we had a beta version out in the market in 2019 and we launched our savings account um, just literally 
in March as as our the United States just shut down. So one of the things we did that was really important to us is we opened up our premium version that we were previously going to charge for, we, which has coaching, has one-on-one -on -one text. You can text a financial coach and ask questions. Um, it had wealth and like health metrics that were measurements for you to kind of gauge, am I on track with my basic financial health? Am I on track with my wealth building activity? And then we, we talk about legacy wealth too, which is like the protection side of it, which I'm sure is your bread and butter. You know, do you have life insurance? Do you have, um, H you know, POAs and HSAs, et cetera. So, um, we opened all of that up for free because we really felt like we wanted so you're saying that right now you can sign up for your for your app for free. Well, yes, there was a free version initially free which was budgeting, but you can get the premium version for free now too. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just I mean it was the right thing to do. And so we've really seen an interesting outreach on that. And then the other thing that we do that's really important other than just, you know, the basic money management kind of keeping you on track is that we have content. We do, we have a lot of content, a lot of articles about, you know, how to budget right now or accessing the unemployment um, because it was a pretty robust bill that was passed. So trying to stay for us to try and stay updated and give pass that information about what's happening at the federal level. We can't really do state because it's so specific per state, but we can kind of do general information about what's happening at the stimulus level, at the federal level. Um, and then also helping you just navigate how, what these things mean and the system, you know, like I, I really am a fundamental believer in those three core, you know, pillars of financial health. So helping you, if you, if you have been laid off, one of the things we saw that's really interesting is, in April, people spending, you know, significantly tanked in March and April, just because everyone was home and not spending, you know, everything went down other than online um, sales, of course, that went up a little. And then hardware, I think people were home, like fixing things in their house, right? But, over, <laughs> but overall, you know, people's people saved, actually, the spending went down significantly. But in April, the stimulus checks started to hit. So they actually kind of doubled their income in some cases or got, got a, a significant chunk. So there really was a moment there. And obviously, Obviously, that was hopefully, you know, hopefully that just continued and you continue to get, keep your income, but it was also trying to prepare you. So if there was unemployment and we're starting to see unemployment hit now, but the point is, is that there was a net savings overall because spending went down savings. So we really talked a lot about how, what do you do with that? Like, how do you start to think about the future? Can you get that nest egg? Can you build up that emergency fund so that in the next couple of months, if you need to weather some storms before unemployment kicks in, or if there are some, you know, furloughs, et cetera, how can you have a padding and financial resilience to be able to, you know, navigate those waters and then also, you know, start to think about other ways of income. What are alternative income sources that you could start to think about? So, so yeah, it's what not this is doing is help you're you're helping people think ahead about their behavior, yeah. and so uh, that really is what it takes to to really be successful over the long term with money is to learn how to modify and con not control per se, but modify and your behavior so that you're taking action steps that are actually going to get you where you want to go. So you and I have talked about the mindset around that, you know, like in order to modify behavior, you first have to have a thought. You, you first have to believe a certain thing. You first have to have 
uh, a particular uh, good emotion in order to have behavior. So talk to us about how you're helping people modify their behavior. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I so I come from this behavioral science background, so I, I, I love talking about motivation and <laughs> what actually are the steps for behavior change. And I think we know, as you said, we know that the the key to financial resilience and grit, as they say, and just in general, it doesn't even have to be in the financial world. Angela Duckworth out of Stanford has like a really famous TED talk about grit and resilience as like a key uh, characteristic or behavioral characteristic um, for to that prove that determines success over time. For and she studied students like at, at a young age to be able to say, and that what that meant was they were able to have medium to long-term goals. So not be kind of like totally um, distracted when they have like an immediate crisis in their life, they can kind of, you know, stay at the, the like long-term vision place there, which means that they're able to kind of stay on a path, but also navigate barriers. And I think the financial industry gives you barriers. They like the money in general just gives you really hard challenges that every human life experience is so obvious in the financial world of like of debt and student loans and making money and cost of living and all these things like give you really hard barriers that you have that you have to navigate. That's why we call it navits, navigate it, navigate life. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Grit and resilience, those character qualities allow you to, again, take that barrier. And because you have this uh, this long-term vision, you're able to say, this is a moment in time. I'm going to figure this out. I'm intelligent. I have my long-term goal. I see the path forward. I'm trying to find the path forward, but I'm not going to be completely stuck or destroyed by this event that's happening now. And I pick myself up. I cry. I talk about this all the time. It's not. It's okay to be mad. You know, you lose your job, cry, like have your down days, cry in your pillow, you know, eat your chocolate. I don't care. But eventually you're going to have to pick yourself up and you're going to like allow those emotions, emotions to flow, get them out and then reframe and keep going. Because that is ultimately what in a mindset way, what resilience and grit are all about for life success. And then from a financial perspective, it gives you like finances give you a million of those moments that you just are going to have to keep identifying the emotions, reframing and moving forward. And so the app specifically, what we've done is that we have a money mindset check. So literally you could go in every day and log in your emotion of how you're feeling today about your money. Why, you know, is it like we, you know, are you anxious, calm, FOMO is in there as a good millennial that we are, you know, um, happy, you know, all these different emotions you can choose. And then why, like, we really want you to identify why, what, what in your life is affecting you right now? Is it work? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it, you know, something else that we haven't identified? And then we give you, um, that community side of like, okay, you know, 20% of people are navigators in our system are feeling the same way. So you're not alone. You know, you're like, I think finances can be so isolating because it's, you know, 
you're, you feel like it's, you know, it, it is your money, but it's also your only, it's only your story. You know, you're, you're in crisis, but truly all of us as adults are navigating that money and we're all having some sort of up and down at, at any moment of time. So you're not alone. And then we give you tips and like actionable items that you can do about it if you want to. So we, we, we hope that it's a moment for people to just pause just as much as the data is so powerful to like see yourself, you know, giving you a moment to pause that mindfulness practice of like, how am I feeling? Like, how am I, like, can I reset what, what's going on in my life to then be able to move forward is, is kind of, is the play, the feature set we well, based on my experience of uh, how women actually do shift and actually do reframe and actually do feel better is by being able to identify what they are feeling and yep. being able to vent it a little bit, being able to say, yeah, you know, I feel justified because I feel this way because. And so I just love it that you've been able to put this in a technology <laughs> format because you are going to get to those three million plus users That's and uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to impact a huge amount of people and begin to really shift this so that future generations won't have to, it'll, it'll be in the in the consciousness totally you know? yes that's the hope thank you yes that's the dream and that's what we're working towards my right. team is the three million mark but yeah I, I i can't agree with you more that that once we get a one generation or we get you know this in the consciousness that money doesn't have to be scary it is something you have to think about it's something right. you can't hide from but it doesn't have to be scary um, I really hope that we can, yeah, it shifts people's mindset. So then, then they're just freer to make better, healthier choices. Well, and what I find in my own business is the more that I teach certain things that I've know, know have worked, then the more I can apply that to my own life. Totally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, t I, this is completely my own self-reflection and self-evolution yeah. in the process. Yes. I'm a much healthier person now having have to build this thing. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, you know, we just have a few minutes left, but I have been curious. So as as an entrepreneur who's, I mean, I didn't start my business until I was 42 or something like that. So I got, a, I mean, I worked for companies before that. So you're, you're a youthful entrepreneur. What are some of the lessons that you've learned, you know, so far that you'd like to pass on to other women who might be considering shifting, you know, her focus yes. on how she makes money. Absolutely. Well, first of all, my first thing would be you absolutely can do it. Like there, there is, there's some, there's something so interesting, you know, it's as you sit kind of on the outside of entrepreneurship, it's very exotic. It's, it's kind of sexy and it's, but it's very intimidating and it's scary and really, but if you're starting to think that maybe it might be right for you and you have, you have an idea that you think is powerful. I a hundred percent believe that any woman, you know, mainly we've seen men succeed in this world, but I, we've also started, we're starting to see really powerful and incredible women like yourself. And like, I mean, there are many people, many female entrepreneurs in the Seattle area that I'm so impressed to be, to know and to learn from that, you know, you absolutely have the power and the capacity to do it. Then the next step is to say, okay, now do you want the lifestyle and do you want the risk? And can you, are you prepared mentally to take on 
the level of risk that does exist in entrepreneurship. And I think it's something that women have not, because we haven't seen models of other women doing it that much, we also don't understand kind of the nuances to it. And there is an incredible level of risk that that if you are comfortable with it, and you might not be, you know, there's there are people's personalities that should be entrepreneurs and shouldn't be, right? But right. if you are, if you think that you have um, that grit and resilience to be able to not take personally failure or like perceived failure or the ups and downs that come with, you know, maybe what like wondering where you're going to get your payroll the next month and uh, the ability to navigate complicated relationships, negotiating with banks or negotiating with venture capitalists or investors. Like those are all things that you hundred percent have the capacity to do and can learn, but it also is um, a lot of stress. So you have to also want that kind of lifestyle and like be willing to. Yeah. It's all so, about the vision though, isn't it? It's totally. like, if you, for, for me, and I'm sure for you too, if you have the, a strong enough vision, it's something you can't not do. I 100% yes. do it. <laughs> yes, I feel like, you know, every step of the way, I got to some sort of major barrier in the road and I just, I keep checking in with myself, like, is this still right? Is this still right? And every time it is. And so you just keep going and you push and you learn more about yourself and you dig deeper and it, it work, it ends up working out. If it, if you, if it's the right path for you and you, you keep pushing and you have that, uh, that courage, but also the, the resilience. Um, yeah, I, it, I think it's an incredible path. And I really think the last thing I'll say is we need more female entrepreneurs in the world because what you end up seeing is that when women become leaders, they are socially minded. So you have higher social impact with still incredible business returns. So you right. can have this world where you're still have a thriving, very wealthy business, but you are conscious of the social impact you have. And I think that that is a unique um, thing that women bring to the entrepreneurial space. And more men are starting to do that too, but I think we need more women. So if you have an idea and you feel passionate, come on, email me and I'll help you out. <laughs> that sounds great. So now tell our listeners how to get in touch, how to get on the app, and then we'll close. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So the NAP is NAV.IT and you can download it in any app store, both Android and Apple. Our website is navitmoney.com. You can follow us on social at let's navit, L-E-T-S, let's navit as a team. Let's all navit um, on Twitter. So, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and then at, you can truly, you can email me. My name, my email is Aaron at navit. Um, NAV.IT. And I'm happy to answer any questions or, you know, connect you to people if you have ideas about, or you have questions or ideas about entrepreneurship. Well, I can't imagine anybody that's listening today wouldn't jump right on that. And so I look forward to inviting you back to the show uh, in a few months and see how things are going. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. You're welcome. So, all right, everybody. Next week, our guest will be Sonia Price, owner of Dynamo Careers. It This will be in our work and career series, and we're going to be discussing how to find fulfilling work and get paid for it. And um, thank you. I really appreciate when you listen and that you're wanting to be a part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. I know there's so many podcasts out there now and radio shows, but when you choose mine, I'm so very grateful. If you did enjoy yourself and learn something, please share the show with your friends and family. 
Thank you, Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, my producer, Eric, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant, and the correct spellings in the show notes. So also check out all our resources at reinventinghermoney.com. And remember, financial independence is your birthright. With the right education, empowerment, and the right financial advice, you can overcome any financial challenge and create a wealthy life on your terms. Thanks so much. See you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.